Hey, good morning, comrades, and uh, welcome to uh, another episode of uh, Workers' Power here on Full Triple Z. Um, the, and you just, uh, well, we didn't, we didn't. I've got an old track here. We've got a, a, an old uh, sheet here. I was about to uh, introduce a song, uh, or, or, or uh, back announce a song. That we haven't listened to yet? That we haven't listened to yet. You're too far ahead of yourself. Oh, that's that, right. But, uh, <laughs> what, about, what about that excellent intro, though? Oh, I'm loving the that's intro. That's great. Thanks yep. to Chris. And, uh, uh, yeah, and those uh, putting that together. So, uh, yeah, today on the show, we will be looking back on our scallywags of the year. Once again, naming and shaming the scumbags who have been ripping us workers off. Stick around for the end of the show when we'll be announcing this year's grubbiest of them all, the Scallywag of the Year. Uh, first off, uh, as always, we acknowledge the traditional owners of the land uh, from which we broadcast, the Yuggera and Turrbal people. This land was stolen, never ceded. We pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We also acknowledge all First Nation comrades listening today. We stand in solidarity, solidarity with First Nations people in their struggles for recognition, reparations and land rights. We live and benefit on stolen land. It's time to pay the rent. Right, so, well, yeah, it's Scallywag of the Year. So, uh, first off, I want to say, uh, if you're that way inclined, hopefully there's uh, lots of workers uh, sitting back, relaxing, doing some chores and listening to workers' power while, while they're at it. Um, but w- I was hoping that we could make uh, this episode a little bit interactive. So, uh, comments will be read out. If you SMS in to 0420-626-733, that's 0420-626-733, especially if you're a subscriber, send in your comments, send in your scallywag of the year. Yeah, I want to hear what you think. That's right. So you got two hours to get in there. Um, and and send something through and, um, yeah, we'll, we'll read it out here. You might even get your name on the radio. Yeah, so things will be a bit different this week. We won't have our normal um, First Nation Workers Action or International Workers Action. So make sure you tune in next week. Things will be back to normal. This week is just a bit of a fun show, just looking back over all the scumbags of the year and naming them and shaming them one more time because <laughs> they deserve it. That's right. And also... Uh, our pile, what time are we going to shut the pile off, Jackson? What, what time you reckon? Oh, well, around the end of the show. About, about 11.30? Uh, well, I think right at the end. Right yeah, at the right end. when we go to announce it, it can be a surprise. Although we do have what, one one, per- one person with a really good lead. Yeah. But <laughs> and, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll quickly go through those and then, and then uh, Jackson will, will uh, give you the uh, website to go to. So we've got Maccas are in there. They got uh, they got Serco, Andrew Forrest, Alan Joyce, Rio Tinto, uh, Christine Holgate, Coles, Justin Hemmies. Wasn't there another one? And Andrew Forrest. Oh, I, I said that. I said that. So they're the they're the, the the nominations, and you can go to theworkershour.blogspot.com and vote. And uh, just to, just uh, uh, quickly uh, note that it was interesting that uh, activist uh, groups were actually campaigning uh, <laughs> to 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 get votes. That's uh, hey, 
that's all within the rules. Oh, yeah. If, if, yeah, if you're an activist organisation uh, or your union or anything, uh, um, like, uh, you know, this is more for next year maybe if you want to run campaigns. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the, the uh, No Cashless uh, Debit crew uh, took onto it with great custo. Heads oh, why yes. Andrew yeah. Forrest is right <laughs> in the mix. So uh, good on them, I think. That's that's what you got to do, you know. you got to, um, you know, campaign internally. Externally, externally, uh, cross uh, promo, yeah. However, you've got to do to get your message across. Yeah, that's the way Serco, to do it. Serco had a really good lead for a few days there, that's and then right. yeah, Andrew Forrest just took off. But we do have a bit of time left, as we said, until before the poll closes. We'll get in there. So anything could happen. I'm sure there'll be some TWU members uh, who will be keen on Alan Joyce winning. You know, I, I know Peter Pierzini probably put in a vote or two uh, uh, for that. So uh, once again, the the website is Jackson. The workers hour blogs. Com. Get on there, check it out, um, and and have your vote, and uh, we will announce the winner at the end of the show. Right, oh, uh, we're on to Scallywag of the Year. Let's rip into it because uh, we've got 50 or so to get through. We've got a few. Yes, so yes. we started off in week one with McDonald's, Australia's Corporate Relations Director, James Ricards. So this story was quite distressing. We had um, Macca's workers in Dubbo, was it? Yeah, drive through bays that face the sun in Australia and get up into the 50 degrees. Yes. And this would have been while the bushfires were still going on. Yeah, yes, that's right. Um, you know, so, uh, yeah, and we had Jason come, oh, Jason from the team come on and chat about that. So, uh, yeah, look, uh, McDonald's get another mention, I think, later on, do they? Yes, which earned them a nomination for Scallywag of the Year, oh, of week, course. Week two is a quick one we'll, because, we get, well, look, we're, uh, start out, we really, ideally, we want uh, uh, Scallywag of the Year to be a boss, you know, like uh, yeah. the politicians have just got it too easy and they do too well in this award. Um, so and ultimately on, they're all working for the bosses anyway. Yeah, that's right. That's exactly right. So uh, Scamo got a, a mention um, the, the week two. Um, so that was when he, he was trying to shake people's hands. and Oh, yeah, during yeah, the bushfires yeah, and they didn't yeah, want to during, shake his yeah. hands. And, yeah, yeah we all know about that. That's going to get covered covered a fair bit. So yeah. week three, Smith Lamenko. So what did they get up to here? Uh, against uh, MUA Queensland, um, they called out Smith Lamenko, which operates more than 180 vessels in 30 countries for undermining the wages, conditions and safety of local maritime workers, stating that Smith Lamenko claimed it supported local workers when it was seeking the exclusive contract to provide towage services at the port of Gladstone, but the decision to use shadowy arrangements to avoid paying decent rates of pay or adhere to appropriate safety standards shows the exact opposite. And uh, so um, that with sham contracting and uh, other other things, uh, Smith Lamenko got a, got a Guernsey on week three. And yeah, so week four we had Campbell Newman. I think he was, he was poking his head up on Fox News and uh, we, we just wanted to call him out, you know. Like, um, he, he was trying to sell more assets and, you know, our assets are not for sale, not now, not ever. All right, uh, week five, dominoes. Um, oh, 
casualising school-based traineeships. Yes, I remember this one. This one was pretty pretty grubby. I remember my first job was at Domino's when I was like 15 and it was pretty crappy then. <laughs> yeah, the traineeships that, that are, that are casualised and things like that. So, uh, yeah, they got call, called out. All right, week six, we, we went on to, uh, so we must be into February by now. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, we had Rio Tinto and Sodexo. One of our uh, Scallywag of the Year nominees. Yes, Rio Tinto. So this was pretty grubby, grubby stuff. They're trying to pay their workers in company money, forcing them to spend their wages at company right. stores. With well, they weren't actually doing that, but what they were they doing is um, bringing... Forcing people, sorry, banning alcohol from other places at their camps and forcing the workers to buy their overpriced alcohol. Ah, uh, yeah. Which they were selling themselves. Outrageous. As, a, as someone who likes a beer every now and again, um, you know, a six pack of beer, $33. You know? Yeah, that, that's gross. That's not working class. So, um, yeah, they're. they're, they're they're real scallywags and in, in, in the running for the award. All right, the next one, another politician. Oh, geez, I must have had a uh, bit of a say in this one. Uh, uh, Jennifer Howard, Ipswich MP. If a Queensland Labor aren't dumping rubbish in Ipswich, they are do- doing dodgy deals with developers and now they want to build weapons that kills workers. Their stupidity knows no bounds. A bayonet is a weapon with a worker at both ends. Lennon. Right? And, uh, yeah, yeah, we, I think that on the, I was just a bit uh, cranky about, um, <laughs> back then about how um, the jobs in, in, in um, uh, Ipswich that they were talking about were either, you know, part of the develop, you know, building industry with dodgy developers or in the waste industry, or, and now they were creating even more jobs uh, building weapons to kill workers. So... Um, yeah, and, and look, Jennifer Howard hasn't changed her tune too much. She's just been re-elected and uh, there's a big... They've built some big... Uh, um, oh, I don't know what the word is. There, there's some centre, I'll use that word, where they can meet all these uh, weapons manufacturers, you know. So Queensland Labor are hell-bent on, uh, on, on getting into uh, producing weapons that kill other workers. Let, let's not call it a defence industry. Let's not call, it's call an it anything. Industry. Yeah, <laughs> it's a yeah, killing that's industry. Right. It's, yeah, it's a killing industry. Yeah, so for week eight, we had ScoMo again. Uh, he got the scallywag that week for giving bosses a get-out-of-jail-free card for not paying workers super entitlements. Yeah, we're heading into March now. Things are cooling down. Summer's over. Autumn's beginning. And the National Australia Bank are discriminating against sex workers, which is absolutely scummy, scummy, scummy behaviour. They were closing uh, bank accounts and denying access to loans. Um yeah, the first allegations of this began in uh, 2017 and we haven't had any updates on this. It'd be interesting to see the pandemic hit not long after this and it kind of st- yeah, stopped a one, lot of things, yeah, I think. So. It, it did, yeah. Uh, we did have uh, respect on during during the year, but uh, they were more talking about how... Um, how the, 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 they were affected um, by... The, the cops um, 
the main effect that they had during the uh, pandemic was the, the cops kept doing it as business as usual, if not more so, though, where, where they had more resources to, to you know, um, uh, fine and charge uh, sex workers for, uh, for um, uh, you know, advertising and, you know, all those other other type of things where they, where they entrap them and, and stuff like that. But, uh, yes, uh, th- this wasn't good, and we called out the NAB for... Uh, for being swerfs, as yes. we call them. Yes, and I think that's one, yeah, we should follow up on that and see what's, if anything's changed. All right, now here's one of our main nominees, uh, Sydney par, uh, pub czar Justin Hemmies, who with his billion-dollar hospitality empire, what was that, 130? $126 million of wage theft. Yes, uh, yeah, for shame, for shame, you know, like, and uh, this is... Uh, hospitality, it's an industry where you rely on your workers, you know. They create the environment for people to come into your play establishment. Uh, hear the pun I used there? Because he had a, one of his one of his venues was called The Establishment, Oh, okay, I did right? not get that. <laughs> sorry, like, sorry comrades. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, to come in and... and, and, and they create the atmosphere. They create, you know, the service and stuff like that. They're the ones who made him all that money and then, you know, he just goes and rips them off. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you can vote uh, for, for Justin Hemmings uh, for the uh, Scallywag of the Year. Yeah, so th- m- some of the details about that are that, like, people who are contracted for 38 hours a week were arrested an average of 55 hours uh, and often more without any additional pay. And some workers claim, in, claim instances of 100-hour work weeks. And some uh, rosters for two iconic Merivale venue show chefs have been required to work for 16 to 18-hour days. Wow, eh? <laughs> what a scumbag. Well, there's just... Uh, I just went to Union New South Wales. I know they've been uh, campaigning. They're, within the last hour, they've got a, po- a post. I'll just read it out. Dodgy businesses like to say that wage theft is an accident because our laws are so complex. $126 million is not an accident. Yeah. <laughs> and, and now there's, there, there's been... Uh, 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 they've logged it. it. It puts that lie to bed. The billion-dollar hospitality empire run by Justin Hemmies specifically records every single hour of work its staff performs without getting paid. So they've yeah. got all the documentary evidence. <laughs> it's uh, just straight-up theft. They're, yeah, and they're recording their wage theft. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, just as it, uh, while I mentioned Union New South Wales, they're like the QCU, but down in, Union, down in New South Wales, they had uh, Who Are Australia's Biggest Wage Thieves yes. for the year. And... Uh, um, uh, the uh, Justin Hemmies, I thought he'd be on that, um, but he didn't it's get not. it. Oh, Mary Vale, he did. He's number two. What am I talking about? So number one, Woolworths, three hundred fifteen bucks. Mary Vale, one hundred twenty-six million dollars. Seven Eleven, one hundred ten million dollars. And number four, don't don't do. Wait mm-hmm. for it. The New South Wales government. Eighty shame. million for shame, and then Super Retail Group. Notice that three out of the five are retailers. Yeah, mm. yes. you know, like uh, absolutely grubby, grubby stuff. Grub, grubby. All right, uh, and it's worth noting that those are just like things that people have been taken to court for. It's not. It's not like the actual extent of wage theft in Australia, yeah, which yeah. is much larger and usually goes unseen. 
This is what's been exposed, you know, and yeah. uh, like uh, with Rafu, of course, we're going for the low-hanging fruit, you know. <laughs> like the, you, you know, your Coles, your Woolworths, your super retail groups, but eventually we're going to get around to the mall. So look out if you're a boss, we're coming for you. And, 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 <laughs> and you know, you know the ones that are that are still, believe it or not, there's still uh, um, uh, agreements from 2007. Zombie agreements. That's yeah. You know, that's what that's, was going on with uh, Justin Hemmy's one. Yeah, 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 that's right. So you know, I, I'm still coming across those. You know, so uh, yep. Um, look out if you're a, a employer in retail or fast food because I'm coming for you. Anyhow, uh, we'll move on. Week eleven, we got on to. The Industrial Relations Minister, Christian Porter, and at this stage we are starting to dive head first into the pandemic and uh, people are worried about their families and some people are not doing the best thing and they're hoarding toilet paper. Yeah. So anyway, um, Industrial Relations Minister, Christian Porter, um, received this nomination. Um, why did he receive the nomination? Of oh, Workers Without... He was... Um, According to Industrial <laughs> Relations Minister Christian Porter, casual workers are prepared because they are paid more. Apparently, oh, that's casual right. workers have been saving up all this time for this specific yes, crisis. Yes, we have all these, sa- these savings there just waiting for a pandemic to hit. Hmm. Porter's utter ignorance as to what it means to be a casual worker earns him that week's scallywag of the week. Right on. And then a, a really good segue into week 12 where Government Services Minister Stuart Robert, that was the week where... Um, Everyone there was, going was to oh, the yeah. There yeah. was the queues, and you know, they everyone's didn't. trying to get on the doll. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're about that stage uh, uh, of of the year, and uh, yeah, yeah, there was a lot of people really, really worried. Remember the queues outside oh, Settling? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, I remember my partner trying to going down there, and you just saw the queue going right around the block. He's like, "No, nah, I just just came home and waited for the website to came up, come back up, because they falsely claimed that the MyGov website was attacked." And that's why it crashed, but it wasn't. It was just so many people trying to trying to apply for payments. And they hadn't provided the adequate infrastructure to uh, comp- compensate for that. Yeah, yeah, years and years of cut cuts to our CPSU comrades who who um, administrate all, all this uh, type of stuff. And uh, yeah, it uh, uh, because of the crappy services. It earned uh, Stuart Robert a scallywag of the week. Jeez. He's like in the political class. He, he's right up there, like with Scoma. He's a real, he lost he lost his ministerialship over expense claims and uh, years ago, and then they brought him back in again. You know, he's grumpy. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, but uh, yes, he wasn't a boss. So we'll quickly move on. <laughs> so week thirteen, Chep. Uh, got to mention in there, Graham Wigglesworth, the Australian Opera- Operations Director. Uh, Chep, one of Australia's biggest logistics company worth over $16 million, is refusing... Billion. billion. There you go. Is refusing to guarantee its workers 14 days paid, paid special leave during this unprecedented pandemic. Um, yeah, company refuses to guarantee wages of its workers and... Um, well, hand, look, this is it. While handing, what's that? What's that? One point nine five billion. Yeah, to its wealthy shareholders in the form of share buybacks and dividends in the past year. 
Not only has the company been refusing to guarantee its workers, but management has engaged in disgusting union-busting tactics, monitoring workers on CCTV as they meet with their union organisers. For shame, oh, Graham shame. Wiggles, Wiggles, Wrigglesworth. It sounds yeah. like it'd be a more fun guy with a name like that, but obviously yeah. not. <laughs> He's wriggling out of his uh, yeah. obligations to pay workers. Well, moving on to week 14, we have Maccas up again with CEO Andrew Gregory. Uh, this time was due to their announcement that they would sell bread and milk during the pandemic, putting um, young employed children at risk... And, yeah, just generally being crappy Yeah, they just want to use any excuse to stay open. And, yep. and you know, I bet you you can't go get a, 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 some milk and bread from McDonald's now. No, I don't, I don't, <laughs> did anyone know? ever do that? Like, go yeah. get milk and bread from yeah, McDonald's? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so week 15 we had Coles Liquor were encouraging workers to break quarantine. Um, that's a bit yeah, so like trying to get their workers who were like actually quarantined, not just the general quarantine, to go and work at their stores. Yeah, yeah. It was really this was the time that, it, that there was a lot of denial. There was bosses, you know. Co- this was the time that we were campaigning against Coles and Woolworths to try and get get the screens in that everywhere you got now. Right, we we would back even before this, the, probably at the beginning of this process. Yeah, we we were campaigning to have screens, and the other thing was was hand sanitizer. Believe it or not, at this time in around so where are we? We're about April or so. There's still companies out there who refuse to provide sanit- hand sanitizers. You know, uh, hindsight is wonderful and, and it really puts things into perspective when we, when we look back and that's the beauty of, of, of looking back in history, even short-term history, and say, hang on a minute, back in, you know, week 15 of the year, you were saying, ah, oh, everything's all right, you don't need hand sanitizer, and, that, and then all of a sudden, three months later, it changed, you know. It showed how little the concern that they really have for workers and customers. Yeah, that is what business as usual. That's right. Moving on to week 16, we had Kevin Jackson, the CEO of Sanitarium. So in the middle of the COVID-19 crisis, Sanitarium was trying to ram through an anti-worker agreement. Uh, They were using the crisis to set in stone their culture of disrespect, insecure work and unsafe practices. Yeah, also a classification system that discriminates against women, wages well below industry standards, and uh, for those reasons, the winner was uh, Kevin Jackson, the CEO of Sanitarium. Yeah, grub. Yeah, what a grub. Right, and uh, now there was some stuff going on down in Geelong Regional Library Corporation who serves hundreds of thousands of uh, Queenscliff um, City of Greater Geelong, Golds Plain Shire and Surf Coast Shire residents. Um, their CEO, Paddy Monalis, um, got the award for um, has stopped providing to stop providing work to over 50 casual staff, which had a devastating impact on their lives and well-being. Um, library yeah. staff were unable to access JobKeeper payments and many are unable to access Centrelink. 
uh, for leaving workers to starve in the middle of an emergency and for doing so as a taxpayer-funded organisation. Uh, that week's Scallywag of the Week is General uh, Geelong Regional Library Corporation CEO Paddy Monalas. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, where things were just starting to really be highlighted that the, um, and people were starting to cotton on that, hey, our highly casualised workforce is not suited to things like this at all. Um, we, we, we're, we're really starting to see the effects of it there. Yeah, so up next was week 18 and we had the SDA and at this time I think we would have pretty much here in Mianjin be, be started going into lockdown, I think, around this time. Was it? I think so. Anyway, the SDA uh, were attempting to bring about a change that was fought against by RAFU and rejected by the Fair Work Commission in 2019. The SDA and AIG were attempting to casualise part-time work, scrap overtime pay and allow employers to f- force employees to take their annual leave putting many workers in a precarious position. Uh, These changes specifically targeted visa workers who are unable to access JobKeeper. So, yeah, for this uh, crappy behaviour, they received Scallywag of the Week in Week 18. I like this. I'll just put this one. And and the impersonation of a union. Yeah, (laughs) the impersonation of a union. (laughs) Yeah, they got their award that week. All right, so the next week, week 19, we got uh, Australian Meat Industry Council Chief Executive Patrick Hutchison for trying to distract uh, from the failure of bosses in the Victoria meat plant's coronavirus outbreak. Uh, you know, we think back to, to the um, Victorian outbreak, that I think it was their second wave that was really, really big and had a huge impact. Um, the, the, the main industries were, that were affected were aged care industries and the meat industries, retail to a little bit, but, uh, yeah, the meat industries and, uh, yeah, this grub uh, chief... Uh, uh, executive uh, Patrick Hutchison uh, was um, trying to using distracting um, tactics, but it didn't work here on Workers' Power. I think I was just trying to say, oh, this this outbreak was inevitable or something, rather than this was the direct result of the failure of bosses to keep their workers safe. Yes, all right. So, um, yeah, and and uh, yeah, a worthy winner. So next up was week 20 and we were definitely in lockdown by now. I was hiding at home with my family and Comrade Bill was making his way into the studio every week to present the show all on his lonesome. Um, And this week, uh, Anthony Albanese got Scallywag of the Week. Uh, He received this for arguing against JobSeeker staying at $1,100 a fortnight. Yes, uh, we got to call it out when we see it. You know, we're, we're uh, um, we 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 give uh, we've given props to Anthony Albanese. I think we did it a few weeks ago because uh, Labor have finally come on there. They're against the cashless welfare card, but on this instance, um, yeah, Anthony Albanese was arguing against uh, job seeker. Um, staying at a hundred, eleven hundred bucks a fortnight, which is um, which it didn't, as yeah. we know, it dropped back down, and I believe it's due to drop back down again 
from next week. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It goes down again. And around then was when the life campaign would have been starting up. Oh, uh, yeah. That's yeah. right. We were in our formative stages there. It took, it took about a month of weekly meetings to form everything, but it was very, very important and uh, it came very through very, very good. All right, week 21, we've got today host Alison Langdon arguing against better conditions for hospitality workers. Christ. Yeah, I think the quote here was um, they should just get a job in another industry. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's And there right. won't be any hospitality workers. <laughs> well, no, they, you know, bosses and, and right-wing nut jobs carry on about that. And uh, we always say this, I bet you put Alison Langdon behind a bar, she wouldn't be able to cope for two hours. You know, like it's, mm. you've got to have skill yeah. to be able to do that job, you know, like, and... Uh, and um, why, why should uh, someone who serves you a beer on, on Friday night uh, get paid, you know, less than, than, than someone who manufactures the beer? Yeah, exactly. Or someone who, who, who drives the beer to, to, to the, you know, we all should be rewarded very, very well. And uh, not according to Alison Langdon. All right, week 22. Oh, here we go. And this is when, you know, over in America, you know, the the proverbial hit the fan. And uh, the week 22 winner was the cop who killed George Floyd. We didn't want to name them. They didn't deserve to be named. And uh, so that's when, uh, you know, we, um, you know, things started happening and kicking off over in uh, yeah, America. A pivotal moment. Yeah. Probably had a big effect on the election when, when you think about it, you know, so. Had a big effect on everything, really. Yeah, yeah, it really, really did. Should we? Um, I, I, we you want this? Also, would have been like what, what the biggest protest of the year: the Black Lives Matter, Stop Black Deaths in Custody one. This is what kicked it all off. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So, um, we're up to week twenty-three of uh, Scallywag of the year, um, and uh, yeah, so um, oh, wow, geez, my neck of the woods here, Woolies. So. Uh, Gordon Cairns, who's the chairman of Woolies, claims making further cuts to weekend rates would create more jobs and boost the economy. (laughs) (laughs) What a joke. (laughs) His biased claims include that scrapping penalty rates would see more people in jobs. We all know how many jobs were created with the last penalty rate cuts. Oh, they just say anything, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's right. And uh, Cairns is also the chair of Origin Energy and director of Macquarie Bank. You know, a typical scallywag who produces nothing for his income. What is the job title for someone who sits in meetings discussing how to exploit the working class for shareholder profits? Uh, scallywag? I think it's, yeah. Yeah, that definitely sounds good. Scallywag, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, what a right scallywag he is. Uh, um, yeah, and uh, just uh, on a note, uh, you know, experience uh, note from um, someone who worked in retail, back when, uh, and this says it all for, for this type of thing, back when uh, they extended shopping hours from, it used to be uh, they uh, Saturdays, they used to shut at five and they extended them till nine, Right. There was no extra hours at all. No extra hours. But they expected workers to, to yeah, fill those extra hours. Yeah, there was no hours. extra resources. 
That makes sense. They just spread <laughs> what they had. They just spread it out further, so they could make more money. So they could make more money. Yeah. What grubby behaviour? Because at the end of the day, you, be, you know, people, the, the, you, you're not going to spend more money because the shops are open later. No, no, not really. It's just a bit more <laughs> convenient for you. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So, all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, we could talk about uh, Woolies in the retail <laughs> sector all day. Oh, next next week it was uh, Scamo got one of his or Scamo Scamo got more than one of his many. Look, uh, just to let comrades know, there was many a week where he probably deserved the scallywag of the week, but we just we just got sick of reporting on his crap every week. So, but this week, uh, uh, the, yeah, look at this. <laughs> the notes from here from the week. To prove that bad rules can and should be broken, we have reinstated Scott Morrison eligibility for Scallywag of the Week. He got himself to power on a divisive and destructive campaign to stop the boats. A pity he couldn't stop the boat that mattered and released COVID onto our community. Now, as reported on our show today, he has cut assistance to some of the workers who were deemed essential during the crisis. They just happen to be predominantly women, and it is an industry that predominantly supports women workers. Well, I'm just trying to think what industry that was. I think it was um, the aged care industry. No, no, no. It was the um, child care industry. Child care, yes. They made a whole yes. heap of cuts right in, right yep. in the middle, yeah. Uh, and the following week was week 25, and Justin Hem Hemmies... Uh, received his second nomination, this time for teaching other other bosses how to rip off workers. So ripping off workers himself wasn't enough. He had to to share how to do it. Yeah, we've talked about him. Um, yeah, and he, he's a, one of the nominees for the... He's definitely in the running for the, for the winner of uh, Scallywag of the Year. Uh, next week, oh, the next week, we're in the hospitality industry again, where Tony and Vicky Franzone, who run an adult hotel chain, who they... they Adelaide. <laughs> <laughs> Not adult. He said hotel. adult. Adult. <laughs> Adelaide. Oh. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll just, you know, Freud could put a lot on Moving that. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Who expected uh, all employees on JobKeeper to work 25 hours a week? Yeah, so this included casual workers who would have typically worked less. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so. A lot more than they usually do. Shame. Yeah. And remember, everyone was getting $1,500 regardless. Mm. So there was, you know, 16 and 17 year old kids who were doing well shift a week at McDonald's. No, sorry, there were eight, because I think there was some eligibility criteria for under 18, So, but there was 18, 19-year-old kids who, who, who were getting paid. And then, then the bosses said, oh, you've got to earn that money, come in and work. You know, mm. terrible, terrible. Um, oh, next, so we're on to uh, week 27 now, and Coles... We're up to their usual tricks now. We we recently had um, them uh, on for Smeaton Grange. I think they got an award for that as well. Yeah, but uh, that was their third award. Is yeah. their f- I think this was their first out of three. All right. And it was to do with the Coles Chill Distribution Centre in Laverton, and they recorded a seventh mm. case of COVID-19. And um, Coles has not closed down the warehouse to enable a deep clean, but instead has conducted... 
deep cleaning while members continue to work. Uh, tomorrow, the distribu- well, the, they close the distribution centre for three hours for a full deep cream after, you know, the United Workers Union has been ca- calling on Coles and the DHHS to shut down the distribution centre for three full days. All they got was three hours. Um, it's only three hours, but a start, and workers' health and safety is paramount. Everyone has a right to refuse to work if their work environment is unsafe. This is the one where the HSR walked everyone out the front. <laughs> good on him. Yeah, good job. Mm. Yeah. All right, uh, on to... Uh, week. Oh, so this is yeah, actually okay. the second one that calls on. The first one was earlier with Coles Liquor, who were encouraging uh, yep, yep. to break quarantine. Yes. yes so yes. all to do with COVID. Uh, up next, we had week 28 with the fair worker ombudsman Sandra Parker winning. Uh, they would consider reducing contri- contrition payments and reframing from litigation over underpayments if the employer is struggling as a result of COVID-19. Yeah, this was a, the fair worker ombudsman uh, giving bosses a, a free pass to rip off workers during COVID. Yeah, it's basically saying, oh, since you're having it so tough, it's legal to steal. Yeah. <laughs> if only they extended that to the working yeah, class. Exactly, yes, we're not yeah. allowed to steal. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so uh, we look here on Workers' Power, we, we hold, uh, for the fair worker ombudsman, we, we hold that position. It should, it should be doing a lot better than what it does. Let's just leave it at that. Right now, week 29, um, the owner of A1 Trees, Lee Winwood, who was... Uh, oh, this one, yeah. Yeah, contractor backs car into union officials. Gross. Yeah, tras- Tasmanian trade unionists gathered, uh, gathering peacefully to support locked out workers have been attacked by a manager who backed his car into a barbecue being held outside the company headquarters. A pair of union officials escaped with minor injuries but also suffered death threats and a physical assault by the owner of A1 Trees, Lee Winwood. The incident happened just after 7am and was captured on video. And A1 Trees is a contractor to Taz Networks, the state-owned electrical electricity company. An email to the union reveals Taz Networks directed A1 Trees to lock the workers out of their workplace. Yeah, this was after they had been underpaying their workers. And one of the th- most important parts of this story was that the incident was filmed, I think, and that's why it really um, got a lot of... Well, not a lot of coverage, but... Yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to know how much of this kind of stuff goes on and isn't, you know, recorded, this kind of intimidation. And, and this is um, really uh, uh, the, the lockout uh, as a tactic really started to come to the fore here and, and we've seen it at Coles, Smith and Grange and a uh, tactic that the uh, bosses uses against uh, striking workers. Lock them out. Um, yeah, te- terrible, you know, union-busting stuff. All right, and uh, week 30. Yeah, I forgot one of our nominees for Scallywag of the Year, Alan Joyce, who has also been uh, endorsed by the TWU secretary, Peter Biagini. Oh, yes, yes, yeah, he's definitely got to uh, put a vote in uh, for Alan Joyce. Um, yeah, the computers uh, over at TWU would be logged on to. Ah, theworkershour.blogspot.com. Perfect, and and they've they've all voted. 
Um, so, yeah, lots of traffic from the TW office to that particular website. So, Alan Joyce, uh, what was this one? Oh, this was to do with the ASU. Um, there's many unions involved with uh, Qantas. Uh, the ASU filed an application in the federal court seeking a declarations, back pay and penalties against Qantas for breach of the JobKeeper minimum payment guarantee. Uh, Qantas calculated the JobKeeper top-up by looking at what an employee has been paid in a particular JobKeeper fortnight. If the amount is less than the $1,500 minimum payment, they top it up so the employee is paid $1,500. The ASU claims this is a contravention of the Fair Work Act which guarantees that employees will be paid either the $1,500 or the amounts payable to the employee in relation to the performance of work during the fortnight. So they were trying to rip them off, you know, and uh, yeah, that Alan Joyce is a real scallywag. Got um, how many nominations did he get during the year? Only, uh, he only actually got one Scallywag of the Week award. All oh, right. Yeah, though I believe he won some. He was a scallywag year. all year, though. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. Right in there in the still mix. earned a nomination for scallywag of the year. All right. That was mainly due to the endorsement of Peter Biagini. Oh, yeah. Well, that's we we like interaction here and uh, we love feedback. So uh, yes, um, yeah. If 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 your union wants to nominate a, a scallywag of the week, yeah, send us an email and. And uh, we will definitely include it in. All right, so next up, uh, we'll do one more week and then we'll get to a track, I think. Uh, so Peter Tomps- Tompkins, CEO of Spotless. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, low-wage migrant spotless laundry workers in Dandenong took a stand for public and community health after one of their co-workers tested positive for COVID-19. They stayed home because they were fearful of the safety risk of contracting COVID-19 at work. Yeah, so instead of managing the health risks, Spotless took the workforce to the Fair Work Commission as more co-workers tested positive. And, uh, yes, yeah, so the um, United Workers' Union uh, was running a campaign and, uh, and uh, yeah, Peter Tompkins, CEO of Spotless, was our scallywag of the week. For week number 32, we had Golden Circle for adopting the wage theft model. They uh, made agreements to increase wages by 2.7% and back pay and then uh, annually increase by 25 2.5%. Uh, they failed to do this and kept promising workers that it would be paid the next payday, all the while calling on workers to work extra shifts and not paying the members, of the, the workers, the money that they were owed. Um, so, yeah, for this Golden Circle, got Scallywag of the Week in Week 32. And this was all during COVID-19 where Golden Circle product uh, sc- sales skyrocketed. Oh, they do all the canned stuff. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And members were called upon to work extra shifts, yeah, uh, to keep up with the, the demand. All this time, members were not paid what was owed to them. You know, what about... And now... I think, is that one of the ones we got? No, I, I won't, we won't claim that, that they actually... I think there was a couple of uh, scallywags. I, I wish we hadn't noticed them, that uh, 
we've called them a scallywag of the week yeah. and the next week they've given in. I think this might have been one of those, but I uh, can't say for sure. But uh, anyhow, at the time, definitely um, the American-owned Golden Circle uh, got scallywag of the week. Right, uh, next week at uh, week 33 was uh, Education Minister Dan Tan. Um, a university students who fail more than half of their subjects will lose access to government loans and subsidies under changes announced by the federal government. The move is part of a planned overhaul of the university system, which will also result in major changes to student fees. This is where they wanted to, uh, about the same time they wanted to charge for the, let's call them empathy degrees. Yes. They've since backtracked on a, on a yeah. few of them, thankfully, with a bit of pressure from the services union and, and, and others. Um, so, yeah, yeah, this is terrible and a terrible attack on um, uh, on students and workers. Oh. Uh, the following week was week 34 and we had Zuckerberg as our scallywag of the week. Um, he got this nomination for removing anarchist pages from Facebook. Yeah, so this was in response to the uh, Black Lives Matter movement really kicking off in the US uh, and people were um, yeah. <laughs> Organising. Yeah, so like then there was a big um, backlash I guess against anarchists well the anarchists were being scapegoated during the protest to say oh this it's all these anarchists who have been real violent and we're not racist <laughs> we're just against these anarchists so then this was responded to by Mark Zuckerberg by uh, removing a bunch of anarchist pages from Facebook. Yeah, what a grub. <laughs> right, uh, the next week oh, was uh, Premier Gladys. I, 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 th- we've, I said this earlier in the year. Right, when it comes to name pronunciations especially, and when, when it's a comrade that I've got a lot of respect for, uh, I make the effort. Even if I stuff it up, I make the effort. With Premier Gladys, I'm not even going to bother. Um, I have there is no respect there at all. And um, week thirty five, Gladys won uh, uh, scallywag of the week for crapping on workers after the after uh, she said that uh, New South Wales had to buy trains from overseas because Australia was not good at building them. What a load of crap! She just what, wanted to save a few dollars. That's right. New South Wales are not good at building trains. That why we have to purchase them. What a grub. The following week was week 36. We had ex-Australia Post CEO (laughs) Kristen Holgate. (laughs) I emphasise ex because she has since lost her job, um, which she deserved, I think. Uh, So she got this nomination after reports over that revealed that while executives were crying poor to the government, uh, the CEO CEO of Australia Post took a plan to the board for meaty executive bonuses worth $7 million. Uh, All of this occurred while refusing to give workers job security and pushing out multiple redundancy rounds. Uh, They were also pushing workers to volunteer their time and use their cars to deliver parcels. On Sundays. On Sunday, yeah, yeah, come in on Sunday and do a uh, few deliveries well, for us. She's gone, and yeah. she is a nominee for our Scallywag of the Year. Uh, she hasn't been very popular in the poll, though. I think maybe everyone just thinks that she's got her just desserts and <laughs> just let her 
fade away mm. into insignificance. And it's worth noting that while she has lost her job, the Australia's Post is still being run by a business and will still be mistreating its workers because that's just how the capitalist system works. Yes, very good point. Out, out in my local uh, local area and one of the um, local uh, uh, residents' uh, uh, Facebook group, they love hanging hanging um, crap on uh, posties, and uh, I, 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 I've had a gutful. And over the last few weeks, I go in and defend them all the time. And and uh, I've come across a really good uh, phrase that that seems to tr- stop them all in their tracks, and that is a a worker on less than forty thousand dollars a year is not the problem at Australia Post. Yeah, and there is no comeback from that, you know, because it is not it's not a worker who's earning you know thirty bucks an hour, less than thirty bucks an hour, who's the problem is the reason that you didn't get your last eBay delivery. It's not their fault. Um, they're overworked, underpaid, underappreciated, um, and stressed so, out just from trying yeah, to survive that's right. and so, so little pay. Um, the, and especially the, during think, the Christmas season, though. And yeah, it's, it's quite apt to note that I think today, so today would be the posties picnic day if they still get it, if the union still gets it. When back in the day when I was a postman, um, yeah, today would be the um, posties picnic day, either today or Thursday. No, it'd be today. They always had it like the first day after the Boxing Day. They'd have a posties picnic day, and when I went into private business, I, I even I used to shut down the mail rooms in in these big <laughs> finance companies and and the like. And they go, why? I go, well, the post office is shut. You know, like we're all we're it's 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 mailsman's picnic day. So I was the boss of the mailman's by, mail room by then, and sure. and I used to <laughs> shut shut the whole place down, and we have a picnic. We've got some stats, sort of, here, of who of the distribution of our Scalawag of the Week awards between pollies, bosses, pigs, and other. So, for other, that was the SDA, who I guess you could call a union, but um, they I, they didn't really fit neatly into the other categories. And the uh, other other winner is um, Alison Langdon who was a Today host, and, yeah, I guess you could call her a worker, maybe. <laughs> an, an interesting winner there. But uh, for pigs, we, of course, had the cop who killed George Floyd, and one which we'll, we'll be talking about later. There was two pigs, and we had 30 bosses. Well, not 30 bosses, but 30 awards went to bosses. Um... And then 16 awards went to politicians, four of which, a quarter, went to Scott Morrison, who won the most Scallywag of the year, Week awards this year. Yeah, dog. <laughs> Even though he was <laughs> ruled out for half a year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was just too easy, but yeah. He's too good at it. And, uh, our, and we can go through our um, winners who won more than one award. So, of course, there was ScoMo. But then uh, Coles won three awards, which puts them in second place for most awards. But then everyone else won two for for the people who won two awards, which was Gladys Berejiklian, uh, Industrial Relations Minister Christian Porter, Maravale Group owner Justin Hemmies, Auspost, former Auspost CEO Christine Holgate, and Cole and uh, McDonald's. 
uh, and those were that's just some of the stats we've got which yeah, I, interesting. Which I, I find them fun yeah, yeah that's <laughs> good and, and look uh, at the end of the day we, we just each week while we're putting together the show we just you know find who's, who's the grubbiest uh, out there and uh, we chuck it on and uh um, you know, we t- it's interesting that uh, ScoMo won it, even though we tried to avoid uh, giving it to him. You know, there's just some weeks it's yeah, well, just... Well, he, he was runner-up for Scallywag of the Year last year, I'm that's pretty right. sure, because yeah. it was a hard... You know, we didn't want to give it to him. Yeah, though, that's right. Yeah, well. yeah. Well, um, yeah. Doesn't even deserve that. No, no, <laughs> no. Right, well, let, let's get it, get into it, and we're going to chunk get through a whole big big period here i think it's from about let's try and rip through from about september august september and uh, through to hopefully n- towards the end of the year so in week 37 adani uh won the award for, this is when they were stalking ben bennings yeah yeah but mr pennings uh recently won the environmentalist of the year award Something like that. I can't remember who awarded it, but, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Just a little tidbit. Yeah, he's at the forefront of uh, the Galilee Basin campaign and, uh, yeah, it's, uh, but... Uh, yeah, so Adani were trying to get uh, an order to raid their home. Yeah, that's right, yeah. It's it's amazing what some of these grubby companies will do and, uh, um, yeah, put, do a raid on an activist home. Terrible, uh, for shame. Uh, up next we had week 38 with Senator Michaela Cash. Um, this was to do with the government forcing millions of people to re-engage with uh, harmful job agencies from September 28th because uh, um, during the height of the pandemic it wasn't a requirement uh, but they quickly got back into trying to force people to go to these pointless job agencies, uh, job agency meetings. Yeah, and is the uh, Anti-Poverty Network um, boycott still going on? Yeah, still oh, yeah. going of Serena Rosso, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's been the fact, because uh, Serena Rosso are the worst of the worst, and, uh, um, yeah, they, they, they've been focusing in on, in on that, and uh, the campaign's been quite successful. Um, and, and also, around about this time, we had uh, Australian Unemployed Workers Union on come on and, and, and chat about this, and... Uh, about the impact uh, this can make, you know, and uh, with some towns during COVID, you know, like I, I remember the towns that I used to live on in the south coast of New South Wales, there would literally be no businesses open to, to apply for jobs. Yeah. You know, so, um, yeah, Michaela Cash is, I think she got a couple of awards, uh, a couple of nominations the year before, so... Uh, um, definitely no stranger to the scallywag of the, of the week award. So for week 39, this was one um, scallywag which particularly pissed me off, uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk. So her um, decision to introduce 1,450 more frontline police pigs on patrol within the state within five years as part of a $625 million funding boost for the oppression of Queensland workers. Yes, so more, lots and lots more money being pumped into oppressing us and turning us into a police state instead of directing funds where they would actually create change. And this is just so shortly after the defund the police and Black Lives Matter movement has kicked off. Shows a complete disconnect from... 
what people actually want. That's right, you know, and uh, yeah, this was during the, the, the middle of an election campaign and uh, um, Anastasia was winning vo- or, or, or thinking that she's winning votes over at Kangaroo Point and I just want to note uh, at this particular uh, uh, stage that uh, um, uh, the, the police state that is Queensland now... Um, uh, are helping the uh, LNP federal government with their draconian uh, um, prison system that they've got for uh, um, those workers at Kangaroo Point, um, and uh, it's it's being propped up by uh, uh, Queensland uh, taxpayers. You know, like uh, we're paying for our own oppression. <laughs> yes. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Anastasia was a deserved winner on that week. All right, week 40, what's this? Inpex president and CEO, Takayuka Ueda, Inpex state that they are helping to create lifelong opportunities through focus areas of education, employment, training, environment, arts, culture and heritage to support Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities in building strong and resilient future generations. Language warning here, comrades. This is total bullshit in regards to into their offshore work. In the redundancy onslaught Inpex unleashed on their offshore workforce last week, they managed to sack 100,000% of their <laughs> permanent offshore Indigenous workforce. For shame. Inpex must be feeling really proud of their efforts in screwing over offshore Indigenous workers. Is this what Japanese corporations think of our First Nations people? This mob are an absolute disgrace and stand condemned for their actions. Um, yeah, President and CEO of Inpex, Takayuka Ueda, won it. All right. That was a good one. Whoever wrote that. Was was a bit cranky. <laughs> okay, I got to put the the language warning in there. And, uh, but uh, no, well written. That was good. Good deserved winner. All right, in week forty one, it was Australia Post CEO. This was uh, um, a oh, they hiring reputation management firm. Not that it helped. Yeah, much. not that it helped. <laughs> and then week forty two, Scomo got it for. Uh, is uh, fourteen uh, Scott Morrison's fourteen day visit day one, blood all over his car, blockaded in a building, hustled out a back door into a cop car. Day two, fifteen hundred dollar head rich idiot luncheon disrupted, and they needed to call extra police to whisk him through. Day three, Scomo <laughs> br- brushing a Brussels sprout leaf off his suit jacket, flecks of paint still visible on his car in the background. I have urgent business in Sydney. Goodbye. (laughs) Don't let people into your community who lock human beings up forever just for seeking safety. Don't let them walk around shaking hands. Don't let them forget that blood, the blood that's on their hands. Human beings are welcome in our community. Racists are not. Bye, Scott. Yeah, so this was an action by the uh, Refugee Solidarity Mianjin as well as uh, with some help from the ETU and other unions. Oh, I know that there was a RAFU member there at that action. Yeah. I was very proud of that, which is very good. So the next week was week 43 and we had Senior Constable David Giddens. Uh, he got this uh, scallywag of the week after safe 
Ali Saif, uh, one of the men imprisoned at Kangaroo Point, tried to commit suicide. So there was um, actions at Kangaroo Point, um, at which point Senior Constable David Giddens coward punched NTEU member Jeff Rickett in the back of the head. Now we've just uh, Jeff. Jeff's also uh, been on workers' power. Yeah. Yes. The yeah. president of the Brisbane Labor History Association. Shout out to Jeff, great comrade. Yeah, but what, what this um, yeah, dirty... At the start of this month talking about the Labor Party. Yeah. Yes. And this dirty, dirty piggy copper punched him in the back of the head, causing him to fall to the ground and bleed from his ear. He wasn't released from hospital until the following afternoon. Yeah, so the police were trying to cover this up and I don't think... Giddens got any punishment despite having a history of uh, violence and stuff, I think. Sounds about right. Uh, week 44, Serco Australia Chief Executive Officer Mark Irwin. So Mark Irwin received Scallywag of the Week after hundreds of Centrelink call centre operators at Dandenong and Mill Park in Melbourne uh, were sacked. They were employed by Serco under contract to Centrelink and they were informed on October 20 that they would not have a job in just 10 days' time. Yeah, so this was Serco's only award, which was surprising given that they run their refugee concentration camps, but apparently they've got their hands in government all over the place. Yes, government henchmen. That's what I've dubbed them. We're on week 45 with Lactalis and its CEO, Robert Walden, uh, oh, no, I've, <laughs> I've lost it. Oh, lost so it. dozens of Bendigo dairy workers halted work, um, calling for a pay rise and secure jobs from processor Lactalis. A total of 140 workers at Lactalis Bendigo plant uh, ha- began an indefinite strike action. Uh, United Workers Union organiser Tom Sheck said Bendigo Lactalis workers wanted better pay and job security for themselves, their families and the communities. Uh, Over the last decade, there's been several cases of large dairy operators mothballing their sites and refusing to sell to other dairy companies as a way to prevent competition. So basically, for this grubby behaviour, Lactalis and its CEO, Rob Walden, earned Scallywag of the Week in Week 45. Then for week 46, we have one of our nominees, mining billionaire Andrew Twiggy Forrest, who revealed himself as being de facto in charge of the federal government's cashless debit card policy, with his foundation telling a Senate committee that a national working group to support a countrywide rollout was established at its request. Yeah, so one of our other scallywags, nominees Coles, um, is was is involved in the CDC Technology Working Group. As well as Australia Post, ANZ, CBA, NAB and Westpac. Grubs. Oh, and, and Woolworths. And yeah. Woolworths. They're all grubs. Okay. Yeah, yeah, they're all in on it. They're all pushing it. And, uh, and it's just uh, terrifying and horrifying and just... Yeah, yeah, just, just, uh, you know, my thoughts on it, and 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 I'll, I'll go back to, to, to the beginning. It's changed a little bit uh, uh, since then, but uh, I remember when I was first campaigning with Anti Poverty Network, and I had a chat with a young First Nations woman, and she was telling me that she was on the basics card, and she couldn't go to Aldi. I was outraged. Mm. It's changed a bit since then. Now Aldi come on board, I think. Um, I could be corrected on that, but uh, yeah, just n- not being able to. I, and and I, I remember talking about it during the year that uh, when when uh, my family was um, you know living on Job Seeker or New Start, um, uh, payday was we went to all three to get all the bargains that we could, 
and we'd go to the markets and get cheap stuff. That's what you need to survive when you're on Newstar. It doesn't work on the cashless debit card. And it doesn't work on the cashless debit card. And that sort of thing also goes to show the amount of extra work you have to put in when you're poor just to get cheaper stuff. Yeah. Oh, Oh, it's expensive being poor. We all know that. So up next for week 47, we had Jerry Harvey, the CEO of Harvey Norman, uh, and they received the scallywag of the week after putting out a call for volunteers to assist families with back-to-school shopping. So, yeah, basically they were trying to get out of paying people properly, I suppose. Free uh, labour, that's what they wanted. Yeah. Taking advantage They of pulled out, they, they canned it. Like the, due to community pressure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the pressure of Skellywag of the week. Yeah, that, well, that's too right. Yeah, <laughs> the shame of being announced Skellywag of the week. <laughs> Up next week was week forty-eight, and we had Gladys Berejiklian, uh, and they received this after letters were sent out to residents of public ho- public housing estates in Everly. And where was where else was it? In Glebe, basically, they sent out all these letters. They're going to demolish all this public housing and make way for a bunch of rich people's places. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, they were knocking down this public housing thing and building a new one in its place, which had much smaller rooms. Uh, so the people didn't have enough space to live, and also the building was utterly comical because it was. Uh, going to be allocated that the top half of the building with would be given to rich people who could pay for it, and then the bottom half would be this the tiny uh, cramped social housing, <laughs> and it's like a uh, just a literal um, manifestation of class. Yeah, the rich on the top and the poor down the bottom. Then for week 50, we have uh, Industrial Relations Minister Christian Porter. Again. Uh, this is something that Bill can talk about because he was undermining the boot test. Yeah, he's, he's uh, put in a, a request. Uh, oh, this is all, all the um, IR omnibus bill. But, uh, yeah, put in um, a request to the Fair Work Commission to uh, uh, look at relaxing the boot test. There's also changes to the, the uh, casualisation and... Yeah, that was a terrible poll. And, and look, that one, uh, we can just leave that there because we are going to be talking about that a heap in 2021. Yeah. Mm. Right, Owen, who won last week? The Coles. Coles won last Again. week. Smeaton Grange. Yeah, for Smeaton Grange, of yes. course, you know. We all know about that. And, uh, yeah, we, we've talked about that. Well, Go check out last week's show if you want to learn more. All right, one quick note. Uh, Colonel Gaddafi has uh, messaged in and has said, Great shift. And they vote for Woolies and Coles, joint scumbag scallywags of 2020. Thank you, Colonel. All right, so I think we're about that time. Uh, All right, who is it? Who's going to get a scallywag of the year? Before we announce, let's read our nominees just to build up tension, I think. Okay, let's build up some tension. (laughs) More tension, that's So our nominees for scallywag of the year are... Rio Tinto, who were destroying caves sacred to First Nations people. Dogs. Justin Hemmies, who was the Merivale Group owner who did who stole $126 million from their workers and had them work 100-hour work weeks and 18-hour work days. Boo! Alan Joyce, Qantas CEO, who has been endorsed by Peter Biagino, Biagini for the crime of wage theft, th- doing thousands of redundancies as well as COVID unsafety. 
then we have Serco, who have been running the refugee concentration camp, such as the one in Kangaroo Point here in Brisbane. Then we have Christine Holgate, former Ospo CEO, who gave $7 million bonuses while at the same time firing workers and running a public asset like a business. Uh, she got sacked. She's irrelevant now. <laughs> <laughs> then we have Coles, who put workers at risk of catching the coronavirus and are also currently screwing over workers who are being replaced with automation. And they're part of the CDC Technology Working Group. Then we have Maccas, who have been putting people to work in 15 degree, 50 degree heat and putting people to work in a pandemic. And then la- our last nominee is billionaire Andrew Forrest, who is in charge of cashless wealth welfare card policy now i believe it we're very close to the end of our show so it is time to announce the winner drum roll please we have billionaire andrew forrest has yeah. won scallywag Yay. of the year wow andrew forrest what a deserved dog. winner what a deserved yeah, winner dirty dog now i believe this is thanks to our comrades who have been fighting against the cashless welfare card good on them have uh, come out in droves they took the made the most of the poll and yep. yeah they, they uh provided nearly half the votes on the entire <laughs> poll awesome yeah. good on them Good on. And coming in second, we of course had Serco, who got 20 votes, and then third was Rio Tinto with 11. Ah, oh, they're all scumbags. That's right. Well, what a great show. We, we've we've gone over time, and uh, sorry to Brisbane Alliance. They're coming. It was up a very next. important show. But uh, yeah, we had a very very important show today. We had a lot to get through, and yeah, Andrew Forrest is uh, is the uh, workers' power for Triple Z, Scallywag of the Year. Um, stick around for Brisbane Lines. Uh, uh, tune in next week to uh, Workers Power, where we've got uh, we're going to report on the um, industrial uh, the strikes in in India, and we're also we've got Brisbane Labor History Association coming on. So and catch us on Friday. We'll be helping to announce um, some of the Four Triple Z Hot One Hundred. Yeah, come out to Banshees. We're out there from about one o'clock. Come out, um, uh, yeah, on Friday and uh, listen to the Hot 100 here on Workers... Uh, uh, on 4 Triple Z. On 4 Triple Z. <laughs> right, oh, well, Happy New it. Year, comrades. That's it for us. So, uh, yeah, we will uh, see you next year.